This is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. My guests this week in the studio. Paula Chambers, Artistic Director of the Dance Network Alliance, and several other things. We'll go over that stuff. Also, Tony Brewer, Foley artist. He's going to explain what a Foley artist is and a bunch of other stuff, which we'll go over. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Mike. Thanks, Mike. They are here because they are the co-producers of the third iteration of Va 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 Vaudeville, a big review show that's coming up this coming Saturday, November 2nd, at the Buzzkirk Chumley Theater. Two shows, a family-friendly matinee at 2 p.m. and a naughty night show. Ooh, naughty night show, Tony. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I don't know about that. 8 p.m. for that. First off, vaudeville. Why vaudeville? Well, vaudeville is the heart of American show business, Mike. It's everything that everybody likes about contemporary entertainment goes all the way back to the days of vaudeville, which started in the United States around uh, 1860, 1870, somewhere in there. And it was just a variety show format for uh, jugglers, acrobats, singers, actors. You could see a scene from Shakespeare you could see a burlesque act. You could see a trained dog act, um, a monologist, a stand-up comedian. Um, occasionally, they would even have live artists drawing animation on stage during these shows. And they, um, the the rail uh, the railroad system is what made all of this possible because at, by then the railway system was established. It crisscrossed all across the United States, and that's how these reviews would be put together by a producer. And these shows would just travel back and forth across the United States doing shows all across the Midwest, all the way to New York, all the way to, you know, as far west as they could get. And this was entertainment. This was before radio. This was way before television. So we had the circus. Uh, certainly we have a rich circus history here in Bloomington with the Gentry Brothers. Oh. And um, you worked the circuit. So if you weren't in the circus where you ran away and got on a rail car, which a lot of uh, young men did at that time to escape agricultural life, you would get on the circus train or you would work the vaudeville circuit. And so we had vaudeville theaters here in Bloomington. There were several. The, the Buzzkirk Chumley Theater was a movie house back in the day, but the Princess Theater was our, our big vaudeville theater here in Bloomington. Just north of the square up on Walnut. Yeah, so that was a vaudeville house. Absolutely. So would big stars, because I, I realize that a lot of huge stars from movies and the, even eventually television had their start, even as little kids, on vaudeville. A lot of, uh, like you say, kids started out in vaudeville and, and eventually became you know, adult stars in radio and television. People like um, the Marx Brothers, uh, oh, Mae West, uh, W.C. Fields very famously started out as a juggler and then became a comic and then took his comedy act eventually into his movies. He was a juggler? Yeah, originally he was a child juggler. He was world-renowned <laughs> as the silent juggler. He did not talk. He did not say anything. He just, But he was very, very good. He was one, one of the best in the world. And he started taking tips from uh, comedians for ways to kind of punch up his act a little bit, get some laughs from people in between, you know, throwing things around. 
And once he kind of moved out of vaudeville and moved into movies, a lot of his early movies, um, you know, he was a very funny guy, but a lot of his early movies contain a lot of juggling. He, right. In, in all of his movies, he's always, you know, flipping his hat in a creative way, flipping it so that it lands on his head or, you know, picking it up with his cane or doing some little sleight of hand. He was very adept at, he could do that thing with the cigar boxes, you know, where you balance them so it looks like they're all, you know, <laughs> like they're all tied together or something, so... But there were three, there was kind of three levels of, of show. There was the, the small time uh, where you might do, you know, five, six, seven shows a day. And you might, you would do that, you know, five, six days a week. Usually mm. you might get a day off. Wow. Um, and these were, you know, these were uh, child performers as well as, as well as uh, adult performers. And that's, that's what you did. And then you piled back into the train and sleep on the way to the next town get up, get into, you know, wake up, go into whatever opera, the Mitchell Opera House or whatever, and, and get ready to do it again. And you would do just show, show, show all day. Mid-level, mid-time, middle time was um, a little less strenuous. You might not do as many shows a day. Or you might not do as many shows a week. By the time you made big time, you're making good money. Um, you typically, you're not traveling quite as much. You tended to stay in larger cities. Um, and so you would, you crowds would come to you. Uh-huh. You didn't do the traveling so much on the train. You might go, you know, you might do a, a special engagement somewhere in like Chicago or something like that. But you wouldn't do, you know, you wouldn't go to Peoria. You wouldn't go to Paducah. You wouldn't go to, to Cairo or <laughs> um, Joliet or, or, or Joliet yeah. or Mitchell or Mitchell. Mitchell was actually a hub because of the railway. The uh, the B and O and the Monon railways yeah. intersected in Mitchell. Um, so when they had that beautiful opera house, that's it's been um, refurbished now, re, uh, restored. Yeah. It's it's gorgeous. So, the idea for Va 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 Vaudeville was yours, Paula. Yeah, they thought I was stuttering <laughs> when we named the show. Uh, no, back in 2012, I was on the Arts Alliance of Greater Bloomington. I was the dance genre chair, uh-huh. but we didn't really have a dance guild in Bloomington. So I wanted to sort of unite and represent dancers in Bloomington, specifically movement artists, because I come from a dance background. I do flow arts and hula hooping now. That's what people know me for in Bloomington now. Well, let me just uh, uh, add this. You're the ringleader of the Hudsucker Posse. You're also the CEO of Flow Motion Events. So we had this idea to do a mostly a dance-centric show, but we wanted to showcase talent um, from all around Bloomington. That was the concept, is that... We have so much talent here, right in our own backyard. I'm sort of the Dorothy of performing arts in Bloomington. I believe everything we need is right here. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see enough representation, specifically for dancers on the stages of Bloomington. It took a while for us to get, for us to get uh, a guild going. Uh, But then we had this idea like, hey, you know, let's do a show. So we applied for some grants back in, I think, 2014, and we weren't funded then. But then years later, I got a phone call that uh, one of my associates on the um, Arts Alliance of Greater Bloomington, Joanne uh, Joanne Shank, had written a grant. Uh, and she said, hey, uh, they want to do it. Let's do this vaudeville show. And so then we were, we were back, in, back in the game. The first show was in August of 2017. Correct. And if I may... Uh, there was a headline in the IDS for that first show, and it went like this, Va, 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 vaudeville proves anything goes. Anything goes, especially in light of 
the Naughty Night Show. Paula, what's the difference between the family-friendly matinee at 2 p.m. and the Naughty Night Show at 8 p.m.? Well, pretty much just like it sounds. It's okay to bring the kids to that 2 o'clock show. We have youth acts. We wanted to show the kids in the audience that the youth performers can, you know, get up there and inspire them. So we've always had kid performers in those matinee shows. And then we keep that show shorter. There's no intermission. So it's a little easier for the kids to sit through, and it's much less expensive. And then anything goes. Uh, much like the vaudeville of old, we are um, have the um, comedy acts uh, that are possibly a little more adult humor and then risque. a little risque humor. And then we add the adult acts like the burlesque, the beautiful burlesque dancers to the evening show. So we recommend that's 18 and over show. What was the name of that movie we were talking about? It just slips my mind for a second. Gypsy. Gypsy. Uh, Natalie Wood played Gypsy Rose Gypsy Lee. Rose Lee. Her Let mother, me entertain you. Let me entertain you. Her mother was played by Rosalind Russell. Are, are we talking about traditional burlesque stripping? Holly Harvest is our special guest, a very dear friend of mine from Louisville, Kentucky, is the only out-of-town performer. But again, it's because she is a very close friend of mine, and she is an absolutely stunning burlesque performer. She's also part of the revival of burlesque yeah. here in uh, in the Midwest, specifically in Louisville, Kentucky. She runs the Bourbon Town Burlesque Burlesque Festival, yeah. and she is a burlesque mama to a bunch of young up and coming performers down in Louisville. With changing morals, you know, we're now in the 21st century. Uh, this isn't necessarily a prurient interest type of a thing. It's an art form. Oh, absolutely. It's an yeah. art form. And it does harken back to the days of vaudeville. Well, you mentioned you just saw that movie. I did. With Natalie Wood. And what did you see? Not much. She doesn't <laughs> take off, uh, I guess, because of the standards in Hollywood at that time. Right. You guys were talking about the Hayes Act. Yeah, yeah. Um, Will Hayes from you, Indiana. You couldn't take it all off, uh, as we can now in well, Indiana. Down but down to energy the legal <laughs> limit. Down what, to what the legal, legal limit. limit again? There's an inch. Two inches. Two inches of fabric. My Go dad on. would say she's wearing two bandanas and a worried look. <laughs> Mostly, except for one, local talent. Absolutely you really local. Want to showcase the local talent. Very important to us to represent and pay local Bloomington performers. And we got a fantastic uh, lineup. One of the groups that we're working with is Areology, who we've worked with uh, in the past, and they're providing both youth and adult performers for both shows. So um, we're really, really looking forward to the um, the youth act that they're doing. Um, which are the space unicorns is the is the uh, so cute are we talking aerial silks yes that type of deal aerial silks and lira for um the matinee and for the evening show lots of girls on flying in the air and it's going to be absolutely gorgeous <laughs> girls we love flying it in the air. we love it there are some bloomington institutions going to appear at this show i'll name two of them kid kazooie mr and mrs kazooie the kid yeah and Travis Punterelli. Travis Punterelli, I think, is at all entertainment functions yeah. there are. We love Travis. Yeah. He, um, his band provided all the live music last year, uh -huh. so we had to have him back. He did such a fabulous job. So he will be performing solo this year, but I can't wait to see which songs he's going to do. And not to mention, um, at Bloomington Institutions, Windfall Dancers, 
the oldest Bloom- the oldest modern dance company in Bloomington will be bringing both adult and child performers to the matinee and dark side tribal belly dancers who are absolutely entrancing, mesmerizing dancers. So we've got lots of song and lots of dance in this show. Right. We also have Jordan River Crossing, which is Bloomington's favorite barbershop quartet. Human Laugh Machine Mark Bookwalter, who's coming to us straight from the Comedy Attic in Bloomington. Lots of people love him. And our gorgeous acrobats, Ben and Megan, from Bloomington Acro Yoga. If I want to go to this, how do I get to go to it? Best way is go to the BCT box office online, bctboxoffice.org, or go to the box office there on Kirkwood, just right next door to the theater. By the way, Tony and Paula, I had mentioned that IDS story in August 2017, talking about the first show. I want to give you a quote from the story. Where else are you going to see a flying drag queen? (laughs) (laughs) That is a good point. That's true. Um, We did have a flying drag queen that first year. Argenta Perone did her finale number on, uh, was it Lyra or Silks? I think she was, think she, was on she was on Silks. She was yeah. flying out over the audience. and Flying out over the Starduster swing band, actually, yeah. <laughs> her drag baby, uh, Oriana Perone, is our gorgeous MC this year. I'm so excited to see Oriana. What do you mean by drag baby? I guess a sort of a foster program <laughs> of, <laughs> of sorts. Uh, when you want to get into drag, you certainly need a mentor, someone to teach you show you the ropes. Uh, Oriana is is close with Argenta, and so she sort of, you know, brought her up, and now Oriana has drag babies of her own. We've given a little bit of a resume of Paula Chambers uh, already. Now I want to give a little bit of a resume of Mr. Tony Brewer, who is speaking. The two of you are institutions in this hey. town. Oh, yeah. gee, shucks. <laughs> Tony Brewer is a Foley artist, and I'm going to ask you what a Foley artist okay. is, but not right now. A poet, a published poet. Yeah. I think there are four books of poetry. Yes, All right. this is true. He's a graphic artist, spoken word and storytelling artist. He also does poetry on demand. You've probably seen him at the 4th Street Festival for the Arts. Yes, most likely, yes. He's the treasurer. He watches the dough. <laughs> of the Writers Guild at Bloomington, and this I love. This is where I met Tony. He was the rink announcer for the Bleeding Heartland Roller Girls. That's right, and I'm happy to say that I have returned to the announcer's table, uh, not for roller derby, though. Uh, Last year, I started, I continued announcing, I'm doing color commentary for the webcast for uh, Rival Showdown Pro Wrestling right here in Bloomington at the National Guard Armory. Where else would you have pro wrestling in Bloomington except the National Guard Armory? So. I think every town yeah. of a certain size in this country, re- pro wrestling <laughs> happens at the National Guard Armory. I think every National Guard Armory should have professional <laughs> wrestling. Tony has the best alter ego name ever for his it? announcing, Dick Smack. That's right. Or Richard Smack. My friend's called Richard. Him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Richard Smack. I recall the loudest most ridiculous sports jackets oh, yeah. from right out of 1972 worn by Dick Smack at the Bleeding Heartland Roller Girls Derby a, matches. A traffic cone orange blazer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus these enormous mutton chop sideburns. Yes, those were all Were those range. real? I forget. Oh yeah, completely. Yeah, I grew oh. those out special. <laughs> <laughs> Which of you two is going to be on stage Saturday? Tony, That'll actually. I'm uh, I'm Performing this year, I think Paula performed the first year. She was on stage the first year. 
uh, second year last year. I was running the spotlight actually last year, so I was kind of busy. Um, this year I'm going to take a turn. I'm going to do uh, a little spoken word performance for everyone in the evening show, which means it is probably going to be a little naughty. Uh, I go to the Dance Network Alliance uh, website, and they talk about evocative dance. What's that? Well, that's basically covered under our burlesque dance. Okay, okay, yeah. so that's That's that our is. risque, right. evocative dance. But also, that would definitely include acts like Dark Side Tribal. Yeah. Um, and honestly, our hoop dancer this year, Polly, is taking the stage for the first time under the Hudsucker Posse um, umbrella, Aegis. <laughs> okay. Is that spelled A E or just E? Because like, the crossword puzzle has it both. I like both ways. A E. Yes, I, I do. prefer <laughs> diphthongs whenever possible. Polly is a gorgeous dancer, so I can't wait to see them. This is exciting. Three times. Hey, if you do something once, that's something. If you repeat it again, <laughs> hey, good for you. But yeah. three times, that means you're in. Man. Call them crazy. Yeah. The third time, well, yeah, yeah you're, you're. You probably are. <laughs> <laughs> We also wanted to mention, um, uh, we mentioned earlier, we got we got both Kazooies. We got Mr. and Mrs. Kazooie, um, Kevin McDowell, and uh, his uh, wife, Laura Weaver, um, perform. We don't always, we don't, uh, we rarely get like just the two of them. I know they play together quite often in, in bands and ensembles, but just having the two of them as a duet, um, we're, we're blessed to have that. And also um, a great singer-songwriter, an up-and-coming ingenue, as I like to call her, Sarah Cassidy, um, she's been doing a lot of performing around town. She was the emerging artist of the 2017 Midway Music Festival here in town. Yeah, and that's the Women's Music yeah, Festival, yeah. right. She's, she's fantastic. She's um, She just finished up uh, the first season of Flashback to Never, which is sort of a, a retro music podcast, and she was a featured artist on that. That's so, local? Yeah, right, that's all locally produced. So, yeah, we're super thrilled to have her. You brought up a word, ingenue. I love that word, yes. by the way. It makes me think... I've heard this uh, etymology of the word vaudeville, mm, which yes. is also French, I think. Am I right? I, well, so the, the term is contested. Nobody really There's knows. controversy yeah, about... We've got to have controversy. Nobody knows where, it's, where it comes from, but um, some sources, including Wikipedia, say that <laughs> it's a French term or that it comes from a French term called vaudeville. V-O-I-X, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that, V-O-I-X-D-E-V-I-L-L-E, which roughly translated means voice of the city, Um, which is a lot of what we've got. We've got a lot of voices of the city, of Bloomington, um, specifically in the singer-songwriters, but also all of the artists are, like we said, um, almost all of them are from Bloomington and some of them were even born and raised here or uh, very nearby. So, so they really are of this community. How did you two kids get together to be co-producers of this? Boy, I <laughs> <laughs> It's not what you think. <laughs> Jeez, right, right. Uh, Tony and I have known each other since the 90s. Yeah. We met through, I believe we met through our good friend, Kel McBride. I was thinking about this. I think we met at the same Halloween party that I met everyone who's important to me and who continues the, to be important to the me. First blood the of first the gods. blood of the gods in 1990. Yeah, yeah on yeah. 10th Street. That Kel McBride. That Kel McBride. you got to watch yeah. out for her, the lively death lady. This project specifically... Um, I got involved, obviously, you know, Paula was kind of her brainchild and she had the grant from, um, with BCT and all that. Um, what I brought to the table was I do um, a lot of spoken word um, producing uh, events 
uh, producing spoken word events like the spoken word stage. That's a two-day spoken word stage that I produce. Um, I work with a lot of uh, theater groups doing radio theater and that sort of thing. So I kind of brought, a, I guess, a literary level to things. I also am a grant writer, and I've written grants for the, um, the Bloomington Arts Commission. Uh, we've gotten grants for the last um, two years and this year, too on this. So that's kind of, that was kind of my, my skill set. Uh, I write a lot of the copy. I work on, you know, I do some graphic design for it too. So those, those were the things that I brought to the table. Well, by the way, you weren't college chums because I know Tony, you went to Indiana University Correct. and I know Paula, you did not. I did not go to IU. I went to the Chicago Academy for the Performing Arts. And then I came here and went into the leatherworking trade when I moved to Bloomington. So you've that. been a stage kid. I have been. I've been. For years. I've been in the theater uh, since I beat out every boy in the fifth grade for the part of the Pied Piper, <laughs> and uh, I've been on the stage since I was about eleven. And then spent did summer stock uh, every year, every summer. I've done dozens and dozens and dozens of shows. And most recently, I had the honor of doing props for Cardinal Stage, The Great Gatsby, and that was a blast working with that crew. Speaking of show business, uh, from what I understand, one of your favorite movies. Is singing in the rain. It is. I you love met that movie. Somebody. I did. Uh, when I was about nine years old, my dad got tickets, uh -huh. and we went to see Donald O'Connor. Yep. Who plays Cosmo Brown, <laughs> who is my favorite character in that movie. Forget about Gene Kelly and Debbie Reynolds. Forget I that. love Cosmo Brown because he was a hoofer. And I was always a dancer and a theater kid, and I so admired his skill. Make Him Laugh is still one of the best numbers in the history of ever. And I got to meet Donald O'Connor, and I was just blown away by meeting him when I was a kid. Yeah, I cried my eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> one of the interesting scenes in Singing in the Rain is... Debbie Reynolds. Debbie if, if Reynolds. I'm not correct. Is sing, singing as a voiceover. She dubs for Lena. She dubs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that brings up. Who has a know, terrible voice and yeah. she talks like this. I can't stand him. That brings up the making of sounds. Yeah. And that's what a Foley artist is. That's right. Uh, Foley is specifically for, for films. I do a lot of live radio theater and, and some theatrical sound where I'm actually on stage too. But Foley was, uh, um, uh, the term was coined for Jack Foley, a guy that kind of invented the concept of re-recording sounds and then adding them to the soundtrack of a movie. Things like footsteps that you couldn't get, you were trying to get clean takes of the actors' voices in a scene in the room or on the soundstage at the time, and you didn't want to record their footsteps as well. So you might even put the actors in socks while they're walking around a scene <laughs> talking to each other. Then you record the, the footsteps later. You have someone, you know, uh, in a studio watching the film up on a screen and they're getting the timing down and then they record their own footsteps to go along with to match what they're seeing on screen. And that's just a, that's just one example. But Foley is kind of those those very live real sounds like doors opening and closing um, or, you know, rattling cups and plates if people are having dinner somewhere. Typically, you're not going to, if you're recording a scene for a movie, you want all those voice tracks to be nice and clean. So you yeah. might not have people making any noise at all, and then you'll just wild track all that sound later. 
But if you're doing this kind of stuff live or for the radio, you're not called a Foley artist. What? That's specific to movies, huh? Well, yeah. I mean, well, the term came out of the term came out of making sound for movies. Yeah, uh, it's pretty interchangeable now. But um, there actually, at one point, was a sound effects artists union, which was different from the electricians union, wow. which was different from the Foley artist union because those are different mediums. Um, yeah, there was. Uh, I've I've heard stories of how. Um, Foley artists and electricians and carpenters and prop masters all had turf battles because huh. this radio or this tape machine that needs to be plugged in for the Foley artist, can he plug it in? Because he's not, <laughs> he's, not in the, he's not in the electrician's union, and can he move it over there? Because <laughs> yes. it's kind of a prop. It's kind of moving into the prop master's realm. So I, I, even today, I've had some difficulty because I, I, I'll have this big table full of all these sound effects things, and they look an awful lot like props. And so the prop master kind of looks at me sideways like, what's all that stuff? Why hey, do I, mister. Why do I not have control over all of your things? Yeah. I'm like, well, because you're not me. So. so basically you own a bunch of stuff. I do, yeah, in a tiny little house. It's packed in lots of little cases everywhere. So. Stuff of your invention as well? Some things that I build, most things I've found at um, you know thrift stores and Goodwill. A lot of things are just purpose-built for shows over the years and then get broken and I have to find a new one. But. Do you have coconuts? I do. I have coconuts. <laughs> the clippity, this, this um, Monty Python. Clippity-clop. Yeah. Uh, He's Dan good Schaefer. with the coconuts. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dan Schaefer is a local carpenter. He made a he made a door for me one year. Um, it's it's a full size, full width door, but it's only half the height. Um, but it sounds great. It's very it's very creaky. It always creaks on command. Uh, Chris Rawl, a friend of mine, made a glass breaking box for me that's open on all sides, but it's covered with window screen, so the glass doesn't go everywhere. Huh. And you put a pane of glass in and slam the lid shut, and it breaks. It sounds, but all you get is the sound of the breaking glass. You don't hear it hitting the box or anything like that. So. Fun toys, yeah, huh, Paula? Yeah. I love Great it. Artists. Now, I now love there it. are things you own. You own all of these, and you even make some hula hoops. I've made over a thousand hula hoops wait, that wait, are in Bloomington. A thousand yeah. hula hoops? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I'm did a crazy person. Did you sell them? I did. Yeah. I, I do right. occasionally still, as a favor, make hoops. Do you still do hooping as entertainment yourself? I do, yes. Um, I do still perform. Uh, and I do teach. Uh, I teach hooping every week. And hooping is uh, under the rubric of flow motion. Under flow arts and flow, flow arts. motion. Yeah, yes, yeah. flow arts. Mm -hmm. uh, so flow arts is anything, mostly it's described as prop manipulation. So if you were going to go to circus school, you would learn juggling or rings or clubs oh, or hoops. Like, like W.C. Fields. There's lots and lots of props that fall under flow arts now, but really any activity wherein the process is greater than the outcome is considered a state of flow, uh, where you can attain a state of flow, and that is uh, falling under flow arts as and, a genre. And the body is moving. It's, it's not just delivering lines. It's much like a moving meditation, yeah. It's a, it's a type of dance plus stuff. Plus props. You know, both of you, are old souls. Hmm. Well, I don't know about Tony, but I haven't aged one day since I got here in 1989. <laughs> it's, the, it's the ley lines, you know. Yes, the, all so, those quartz crystals keeping me just right, looking young. Right. But you love these <laughs> these old-fashioned things. I do. Things. Yeah. Yeah. So roller derby, hula hooping, vaudeville, if it's retro, we love it. Va 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 Vaudeville is coming up in two days. Saturday, November 2nd, two shows, 
family-friendly matinee at 2 p.m., 8 p.m., The Naughty Night Show. Boy, that'll be fun. Both at the Buskirk Chumley Theater. This is the third year they're doing it. Paula, how do we get tickets? bctboxoffice.org or go grab them now so you don't have to wait in line on Saturday. Co-producers of the show, Paula Chambers, Tony Brewer, thanks for being on Big Talk. Thanks for having us, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Mm -hmm.